Welcome to the Blind Tiger Podcast, your one-stop shop for beer news, reviews, and all things brews. I am your host, the man who believes strongly in a three-drink minimum of any audience I have to speak in front of, Rob Fisher. With me, as always, is the man who might have gone to clown college if he wasn't far too tall to fit in a clown car, Mike Albright. With us, of course, is the woman who puts the fun in funny, Meg Whitney. And of course, the man whose audio skills are so superior he can make a mime sound obnoxiously noisy. The man far, far too handsome to be shot out of a cannon, Jesse Clark. <laughs> Today is July 15th, 2015, and we're recording Sample Sode 46, Behind the Bar Redux. This is the second Sample Sode in our exciting new miniseries where we talk to the unsung heroes of the craft beer world, the men and women who work behind the bar. Tonight we are joined by Jason Burlett. Jason is the perfect mix of comedian, bartender, and all-around great guy. Currently, he bartends at one of Lancaster's best night spots, American Bar Grill, affectionately called A-Bag by the locals. <laughs> but he also is a graduate or survivor of Chicago's Second City Comedy Troupe, which has many alums that have graced the stage and screen, especially on Saturday Night Live. But tonight, we are sitting down with Jason to discuss, well, pretty much his whole life as it revolves around beer. So welcome, Jason. Thank you. It's nice to be here. So uh, to start, um, let's talk about... Uh, well, the history getting up to this point. So uh, I guess Second City would have been a little bit a while ago. Uh, from where we are now, yes, it was uh, a couple years back. Uh, I, I hate to admit how many years ago it's been <laughs> since I've been back. I think I've been back seven okay. since then, and I think it was like four, four, five out there, close to five. All right. It seemed like four at times when I couldn't afford to pay the rent. But uh, <laughs> so were you um, were you bartending at all while doing that, or was it strictly um, just comedy? When I went out to uh, Second City, I didn't really know anyone, and I didn't have a job. And a friend of mine went out to check Chicago out, and uh, we spent the afternoon grabbing a couple beers and a couple bars in Chicago and trying to find a living space for myself if I had decided to move out there. Um, I found a uh, what I like to refer to as a bitchin'. It's all-inclusive, the bathroom, living room, and kitchen. <laughs> and it was something that I could afford. And uh, so I, I, I applied and was accepted for the house. So I, I knew that that was, or not the house, the, the space as space. you have it. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I was in Chicago, and I didn't want to do retail. And mm -hmm. I did bartending, and I wanted to bartend. So as everyone knows that is a bartender or has some experience with bartending, Big cities usually do not hire men. They usually hire women. And women that are more attractive than me got most of the jobs that I applied for, which was fine. So I kind of had to work my way up, you know, build my, my muscles up like Bruce Lee in any of his movies. I had to, you know, get to where I needed to be before I fought Chuck Norris. So it took a while. I, I took on a lot of uh, great uh, opponents and then finally, as you do coming through the ranks of working as the dishwasher, the cook, Hey, can you pour a beer? Sure. You know, I kind of then managed to get a position bartending, and it was a really good one. It actually worked out well, but I had to get there slowly, so be so there for a while. So how did that work with the comedy? Because they're both night jobs. Yeah. Well, I took classes uh, out in Chicago um, on the weekends. Okay. And then we had uh, rehearsals and writing and all the things that you do to make your shows work out there. Uh, afternoons and day so it was kind of a lot oh. of juggling okay so most of the classes though when i was out there were weekend classes and workshops so it gave you the the daytime to kind of try and catch up on your sleep meet up with your friends that you did improv with and then go from there and then you'd be back on saturday mornings doing the main 
like grunt work of sitting down like everyone like running through your exercises and your skills tests and all that stuff to try and make people laugh okay what, so what's the best hour to write do you think uh honestly i tell everyone that is involved in anything artistic whether it be drawing or comedy or anything that in, where your body is the the source uh-huh. carry a, a notebook or a pen I, I do it now with my phone um have something on you at all times because some of the greatest ideas will pop up to you yeah. when you least expect it. Randomly, and usually yeah. when you mm-hmm. don't have a phone or a pen yeah. or a piece of paper. <laughs> I've been there, yeah. I've, I've run down the street like a lunatic, like, four cats, a housewife, a sharp knife, and a can of tuna salad. <laughs> four wives, you know, like, and people are like, uh, this seat's taken. You know, they don't want yeah. on, on, the, on the L, they don't want to be near the guy that's shouting four housewives, a can of tuna, and, you know, cats and knives. So you, it, it's just best if you carry something on you to jot your ideas down but with me i think that it's usually since i don't really sleep too much at at night like right before i go to bed i have Mm. some really pretty good ideas they're not always great they're kind of little like pieces that you kind of share with people that are very talented and then they kind of go i see that and it's like a piece of clay everybody gets in there and starts working the magic to turn that lump of clay into something that's actually like quite beautiful and brilliant or we think the ones that created it is quite beautiful and brilliant yeah exactly as it, as it was yeah. yeah so i'd say like in the the, the wee hours uh-huh. you know right before a night and day go i'm out of here good luck day uh-huh. thanks night <laughs> see you you know that kind of thing so when the conscious kind of is shutting down yes. the subconscious is bubbling up that's that's the great thing about improv too and bartending as well the experience with uh improv and bartending they work well and well and hand in hand when it comes to customers that are hard to deal with or problems, you kind of come up with more of a, a solution that's not the normal. I don't always look for problems when there's a problem. I'm more looking for a solution or something that's more of a distraction than a solution to the problem. Just because we all know if someone's doing something that they shouldn't be doing and you come up to them and say, you shouldn't be doing this, and they've had a couple beers in them, depending on how many beers, then you have one, you turn a little problem into an enormous problem. So I try and don't show problems. I try and wave uh, green flags instead of red lights. Mm. If like that makes that. any kind of sense. No, oh, it does. Smart. Yeah. I all the time. I feel like people like are constantly telling me like, yeah, you shouldn't be doing this, and they offer me no alternative. It's like that's great. You you pointed it out. Every, anybody can do that. How about like a solution to it, or at least what you want me to do? I I think in the in this world, I think it's it has a lot to do with respect. Mm-hmm. Even if it's the slightest bit thing, a thank you, a have a nice night, a take care. It just, it, it's a ripple effect, man. It just speaks volumes, and then people always remember that later yeah. down the road. Whereas opposed to people that are like overly testosteroned and want to just bang you up against the wall and shake you because they've had a rough day at home. They had like too many diaper pails at their house to change. <laughs> or, you know, something like that. But no, I, I always I, I always use that. And uh, it's, it's worked out well for me so far. I haven't had any, you know, scars that chicks could dig other than my wife and whatnot, you know? <laughs> If that makes any kind of sense. I mean, I, it doesn't. I've never really thought about the fact that like uh, a background in improv would be beneficial to bartending. But now that I, you actually say that, it does make a ton of sense because you do have to be on your feet when a belligerent customer comes up and how to best deal with them. That you probably have to read people really well and kind of understand who they are and what they want pretty quickly. Because as a bartender, you know, you might be busy and you might get. 30 seconds with somebody uh, before they're, they might walk into the bar obliterated and yes. you have to figure it out really, really quickly. So that dude or that young lady is bent. They don't need to be bent any further than what they're bent. They're bent. That's what we say. Well, 
I say anyway. And uh, he didn't like the fact that we had called him out and asked him to leave. He said that he uh, told me that he was very angry. And I get this a lot, too, in the bartending world. You know, I come in here all the time. I'm a regular. And I tip you guys like there's no tomorrow. And you need to respect me. And I'm thinking, no, respect is earned and respect is not bought. So you need to understand that. And I'm actually, if you really want to be honest, I'm playing the person in charge because you're responsible and I'm responsible. But right now I'm more responsible for you than you are for yourself. And if you get in your car and you do some damage, I'm going to be responsible. They, they call me the, someone said it the other night. A friend of mine said, I refer to you as the judge. He's like, hey, bag, you're the judge. He's like, here comes Judge Burlett. He's the judge. Because I'm like, I always check IDs. Whenever people come in, I, I get all kinds of crazy. I had a girl show me a college photo and then her birth certificate. I said, it doesn't work like that. I said, I need something government, not school related. And people, right. you know, always do that. But so you're always playing the judge. And with this customer, he told me that... Uh, he was very upset that we asked him to leave. He tipped well. I should respect him. He was very angry to the point where he needed to do something to work off his anger. He felt bad because he liked me out of everyone at the bar, but he was going to have to take it out on me. And I stood there and I looked at him. It was a busy Friday night. I said, enter name here. That's great. I said, if you're going to do something, please do something right now. I said, because I really don't have time. I, I'm like, if you want to punch me or hit me or throw something at me or spit at me or whatever you're going to do, I'm giving you a small window right now to do it because I have people that need beers. Right. And he just looked at me like, what did you just say? <laughs> you're, you're offering me the option of actually doing what I said I was going to do. I'm like, yeah, we're turning your threat into an opportunity. <laughs> so if you would like to like move in on this opportunity... Please, just do it now, but damn it, do it fast. Because I got people, and I actually had customers that saw what was going on that had actually known this customer. And, uh, Jason, Jason, come here, come here, come here. <laughs> they pulled me away from it. And they're, everything cool? I'm like, yeah, everything's great. They're like, we know him. He likes to get, you know. I'm like, what, have a good time? To the point where he's not having a good time? I've seen it before. I said, we'll just let him, like, calm down. But we And we offer so many suggestions, too. I do. I try and offer, like, all kinds of suggestions just to turn that bad thing into a good thing. I'm like, I'll tell you what. He's like, I just wanted to get some food. I wasn't causing any problems. I said, I'll tell you what, I will buy your dinner. I will comp your dinner. You'll be good. And then you leave and then you can come back another day. Well, I don't, I don't know about that. I'm like, it's a win-win situation. You're getting <laughs> dinner on me and you can leave and then come back. And that's the thing too, when people have had a little bit, they don't quite put the logic and reason together. And when you're all like pumped up on the old, uh, the lovely delicious beer, uh, or other things that you might be pumped up on, you kind of tend to forget that. And then the, the craziest thing is the next day, it's like the tide rolling in and out. The beach is like calm again. And you usually get a, hey man, last night, I don't know who that was. And I always say, hey man, I knew who it was. <laughs> I, knew, I, I knew who it is not right now. It's good to see you again, you know? You know, and then come out the, the high fives and the handshakes. So, but yeah, it's, huh. uh, it's definitely a... It's a war out there, man. It's a war. <laughs> well, I think it's different. There's an interesting uh, uh, discrepancy between what the drunk person thinks is respect versus what the yeah. sober bartender is. Like, no, seriously, by making you go home and sober up and not start a fight or be an asshole, exactly. I am respecting you right yeah. now. Yeah. I'm just respecting you more than you realize because you want to have another drink when you shouldn't or whatever the, the case may be. And I, th I feel like... Um, Bartenders don't get enough credit for that, and especially at a bag because Fridays and Saturday nights there can be packed, especially yeah. with live mm -hmm. music and stuff. And I have never really seen a rowdy night where somebody is like throwing punches or anything. I feel like you guys have a really good 
uh, reputation there of not being a problematic bar and keeping things really calm and under control, even when it's ass to elbows in there. We we are very. It's funny you said that we were very blessed at the American Bar and Grill because we have a really good staff and we have a really great core of customers. Like that bar is the melting pot of bars in this town. Like you can find just about anybody and everybody at any second. That door opens. You couldn't even bet to, to, to who is it going to be a punk rock dude is it going to be a businessman is it going to be an elderly person that's reliving the heydays of the 80s and the 90s in the American <laughs> bar and grill is it just some crazy wandering person off the street that was like trying to get a beer for 50 cents you know <laughs> like it, it's we're, we're very blessed I think everyone that works there and comes in there pretty much respects that whole like scene and atmosphere and it, it's beautiful like there's always people that are like let you okay, man. If that guy has to go, you man, you just you tag me in. You tag me in, okay? <laughs> it's like, like it's some sort of like uh, oh, <laughs> sporting event, you know. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. But Wait, uh, so some girl was there. She had her college ID, her birth certificate. Yeah, what yes. is that about? But yeah. didn't have an ID. Well, of and and I'm birth not, certificate. Like I don't even know where yes. my birth certificate is. Like maybe yes. my mom has it, or like. Did she have a story that goes along I, with why she didn't have well, a, and I, no ID but a birth certificate? <laughs> well, the best thing about it is that she was with a girl that 10 minutes before she came in the door handed me the same thing, a college, like, it looked like a college ID, and she handed me an update for her Pennsylvania driver's license with her address. She's like, here's the picture of me, and here's that says I have a license. I said, it doesn't work that way. I said, I need to see a passport or I need to see a valid driver's license or an expired driver's license would work in this case with that piece of paper that says that your license expired and then we're set. You can stay and that's good. And she's like, well, you know, you know. And then she, I don't know why people think that I'm stupid. I mean, I kind of come across that way from time to time <laughs> and that's okay. But I walked back to her and I, I took it like, cause she must've thought I was stupid. And I thought to myself, this is pretty stupid. But I looked at it and I, I walked back and I said uh, to another bartender, I'm like, what is this? I thought she was giving me like some sort of military ID also will work in that situation. I'm like, this is like some sort of college ID, I think. I said, and her like registration renewal. I said, this isn't gonna work. And the, my bartender friend, she was like, yeah, this, this is not gonna work. So I walked back up and I said to her, look, I need something. And she was like digging through her purse and she was getting angry. And then of course, in her purse, which would have solved the whole problem, is her driver's license oh. that expired. I said, this is all I asked you for. This is all I needed. I didn't, you know, so that was that, that was how that ended. And then five minutes later, it was like, hey man, you going out to the bar tonight? Yeah, man, I'm going out to the bar tonight. Hey, let's try and do that birth certificate <laughs> or expired uh, driver's license trick. You know, we did that last Thursday night and it worked, but you know, let's try that, okay? Okay, I'll be there. 10 minutes like usual? Yeah, 10 minutes like usual, so. 10 minutes later, a girl showed up with the birth certificate, which has no picture, and I don't know who you really are, and the, some of the photos, let alone on driver's license and yep. college IDs, yeah, are really. so, yeah. you could have like a characteristic that the boardwalk draw better, like <laughs> resemblance, you know, what, do you like hot dogs? Okay, here's you with a hot dog, you know? But she, I had to ask her to leave, and I think she was saying some uh, derogatory things about me, which is fine. I'm I'm kind of like a an NFL ref sometimes too. The the plays that I call get you know they get uh, a lot of verbal backing behind them. People don't appreciate how I called it, but it's I'm responsible for people, you know, and mm -hmm. absolutely. That's just it's the way it is. So super hard for college kids under 21 <laughs> to find alcohol, you know. Like, uh, Jesus. Uh, well, and the, the best thing too, I think bartending the the fun thing that I always uh think is amazing is you can tell how when someone is 
just around 21 and they just got their driver's license. Um, I asked for an ID and it gets whipped at me like a Chinese star. (laughs) Like so many people. And then every now and then someone will be like, I'm real sorry about that. I'm like, okay. I said to someone the other night, I said, I think the last day I bartend, if someone whips the driver's license at me, like throws it at me, I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to calmly walk around the bar, open the door, and I'm going to throw it like a Frisbee out in the street. (laughs) I'm going to say, go get it, and then come back and hand it to me. Because that is the most... It, yeah, it's, that's, that's really shitty. Yeah. yeah. I mean, where, what other... I, it just the, the the mentality behind some of the, the actions. It's not all bad, though. Trust me. Like, it's there's it, it's 50-50. For all the bad things that happen, bartending and serving people, uh, there's 50% of it. It's just absolutely amazing and mind-blowing, and it's very rewarding. I'm not just talking about the monetary part of it. Like, that helps, you know, but it's not just that. Is it the advice, advice that you get? Excuse like you me. mentioned earlier, that like customers will just, you know, without asking them, just hand out free advice. Bring their <laughs> souls to you. Uh, there, there are some stories. I really, honestly, I feel like a, a is it a psychiatrist? I think I feel like a psychiatrist. <laughs> Probably is with yeah. like an open door because there are things that people have told me, and some of it just I really have to walk away from it at the end of the night and sit down, and it makes me want to drink because mm-hmm. I'm thinking. Wow, man, that is really, really screwed up. <laughs> I'm like, no wonder you're here every night of the week, because that is really screwed up. And I learned a long time ago, like bartending. Uh, my sister is like a, a registered nurse, and I'm a bartender. So people that are in the medical world will always have a job, and people in the bartending world will always have a job. And it's because no matter how good or how bad, usually the worst the situation is with the economy or the planet or people we're like packed all the time because people want to go have a couple drinks and they want to unwind and then they usually wind up doing something really stupid with like a steak knife or a firework and wind up seeing my sister in the hospital <laughs> so it's like i learned a long time ago that bartenders and healthcare providers are the, the they have the best two it's like the devils and the angels i couldn't tell you whether we're the devils or the <laughs> angels i mean sometimes i feel like we're the angels because like you really kind of help people through some certain situations i've had people say to me like i'm so glad that you were there like five years ago and i came to visit you and i scared you because i wrote really bad poetry and i like left some of it at the bar and there was like pictures of dead things and you saw it i know you saw it i drew a revolver one night like it's really crazy like the things that you and you you do you make an an impact other than like being able to say well that's a blonde or that's a belgian or that's (laughs) that's a porter and that's a stout you know like you do you are introducing your uh clientele to uh what it is they're going to be drinking but you sometimes also introduce people to their future and I've done that too and that's a that's an ugly thing because I've introduced people to their future to their well what, to their time traveling no nah, well you know I, I'd like to say that I'd be like uh, Ziggy and uh, you know <laughs> it's it's a, yeah nice. you know nice. quantum I'd like to quantum leap oh, it a yes, little bit yes, yeah. but no it's it's you introduce people uh, I always try and tell people that are like really kind of like reserved and shy to you know I'm like maybe you have a little bit too much to drink tonight maybe you should wait till tomorrow because so-and-so comes in here so often she's really cool maybe you should go up to her on another night when i know that you'll be able to talk to her intelligently and impress her with how intelligent you are because if you go up to her and you talk to her right now she is going to think you are a complete idiot and she will walk away from you and she will tell me 
that guy that was talking to me is a complete idiot. Please keep him away from me, you know? <laughs> but then there's been times where I actually had people that were friends and customers that have uh, met people, like, through the whole, like, I'm like, Chuck Woolery, we're back in two and two, you know, that kind of thing. And it worked out. There was a love connection. And some of those end in divorce, and that's how. That's, so I, it's, a, it's a lot of pressure being a bartender, man. You're kind of all over the place, you know? I don't, I, don't, I don't think the record for divorce in America, I don't care how you got into it, the, the record is 50%. So I don't think yes. you're doing any better or worse than anybody else. Um, but you're, you're kind of right that the, it's two extremes. It's people want to go out and party when they're doing great, and people want to yeah. go out and have a drink when they're doing terribly. And it, yeah, I don't know. You don't really get a whole lot of like middle of the road, like, oh, I had a right day, so I need to go to the bar for three drinks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, you're kind of getting the swings. You do from time to time, and... and uh, those are the people that are like, uh, like the new dads. I call them the new dads that just had babies. <laughs> the new dads are out. It's like, <laughs> hey, there's a new dad. What is that like Thursday night? What is that? Yeah. Well, actually, it's it's random. It's like, it's like any night. But you can just tell. It's like, um, do you want another beer? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like. The answer is yes, yeah. but I don't yes. know if I should. Exactly. Is. And then I'm like, well, I can go. No, 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 no. <laughs> they don't want to get rid of me. No, 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 no. I'll take another one. But then uh, can you grab my check? I got to get out of here. <laughs> new dad, right? How'd you know? Because <laughs> you have that new dad smell. <laughs> you know, but it, and it's great because they're they're in and out and uh, you share your experiences with them. I'm always telling people too, like, hey, man, I'm a bartender. I'm up pretty late at night. If there's anything. And I'm, I'm really like seriously legitimately being honest with somebody like i have two daughters if you have any questions if any like my close friends if i can help you out in any way or you just you're like ready to do something really stupid just call me up burlette i'm about ready to do something really stupid can you help me out here yeah man what do you need like i would rather have you call me and have me you keep me up a little longer than what i normally am but at least i can help you through the like rough times of like you doing something really stupid because if I pick up the paper in the morning and I see that you did something really <laughs> stupid and I'm the one that said you call me before you did something really stupid now you have to deal with me and you have to deal with the something that you did that was really damn stupid so yeah it's it's bartending is something else I mean I, I'm kind of an extreme bartender like I, I'm very sensitive and personable and I really honestly care about people and I think that that altogether if you don't know me or have a, a history with me or a background then you don't know what to think of me like, sometimes when I approach people, they look at me like I speak some sort of foreign language, and they look at their friend when I walk away, and they're like, is that guy shitting us or what? <laughs> but I'm not. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much, um, I try to be as legit as possible and help out when I can, and as accommodating, man. Like, I always said to people that I train at the bar, when you wait on people, treat them the way you want to be treated when you're out somewhere. Go the extra mile. What does it hurt? Like, if you're, you're sitting there and someone asks you for something, and it might be something a little bit... Don't let people take advantage of you by any means in this world, but if you can do just something small that will make a big difference, just do it. What the heck's gonna happen? I'll tell you what's gonna happen. Nine out of 10 times, you're gonna really impress the crap out of somebody and they're gonna come back. And gee, that's really a good business plan, I think, if I'm looking for customers or what I like to consider, like, how, how is that? There's customers and friends, it's like, a, it's like a fine line because they're still kind of customers because you haven't gone over to their house, you don't see how they live. You don't have really much more in common than just kind of like serving them beers and seeing how they interact with others. But they're a little bit more than just someone off the street that you've never served before. They kind of, they grow on you, you know? So, And I almost argue that in that capacity that you may have seen truths to them them that other 
friends haven't because you've seen them at their best and you've seen them at their worst and you've seen them in the middle whereas at home you know you know that you're in your environment yes. where it's safe and comfortable where you might be a little bit more um you know on edge but being out with a bunch of people and being maybe one over or two over what you really should have you really show true colors that you might not elsewhere and having a patient and understanding bartender that says maybe you should get your shit together or here's a glass of water and then maybe when you finish that we can talk about another beer versus just immediately kicking you out is something that can really make the difference between ruining Definitely. a night and keeping something kind of under control do you know what the toughest thing is for new bartenders to do I have say no no idea exactly it's exactly what it is it's say no because people don't want to be the heavy no one yeah. in a bar would no one wants to be dad turn it off get them out of here we're done no one wants to do that nobody wants nobody wants their dad in the room and i have to play dad so many times that sometimes it's it's ridiculous but it's gotten a lot better where i work it's pretty great because i kind of like tell like new bartenders look when I'm not here, and when other bartenders that you're comfortable with, it'll, and I don't like to say throw people out. Throwing people out is the worst thing to say. Asking people to leave is the, what you're doing. You're just asking people to leave. It has come down to a couple times where the, I was told to go F myself, and I'm sitting here until the police show up. And you know what? I get on the phone, I call the police, the police show up, they look at the guy, they know who he is, they go, let's go, Randy. And Randy's out the door. And Randy is not anybody. That's just a name I made up. So that's an <laughs> improv name, Randy. So, but that, that's how it is. That's that is the hardest thing for new bartenders is to be responsible enough. But you know what? I tell people too, you're saying no, but you're saying yes to so many things. You're saying yes to them getting home safely or you're saying yes to them being able to come back and have fun another time. You know, like you're you're just it's no but no one wants to be the heavy. So, mm -hmm. that's that's the kind of the tough thing about bartending is no one wants to be like that guy. And then I always I I always go the doom and gloom factor when someone says but I have a hard time telling that person no. I'm like, well, will you have a hard time paying like a five to ten thousand dollar fine and doing two years in prison for this person that you couldn't say no? And then they look at me and they go, let's get him out of here. Yeah. <laughs> let's get him out of here. Well, how about how about banning people? Have you ever had to do that? Oh, or? we do that all the time. Okay. We've actually sent out. I had a guy that was apparently exposing himself in the restroom Ooh. one night. Whoa. Yes, and customers were like, I don't know if this old dude's having problems with his fly or if he's trying to make friends, but he's, <laughs> he's in there doing some really crazy things. He's putting on a puppet show. I'm like, oh, God. Gotta go. And that was, that was the guy that told me that, that I could go F myself, and I said to Randy, <laughs> fictitious name Randy, I said, Randy, dude, you got to go. I said, you know, you're just, you're not doing well right now. I said, you're a little bent, and you need to go. I said, you're not quite you're firing all firing on all pistons and he just looked at me and he goes you know what call the and cops i'm sitting here i'm not moving i said okay and i called the police and they showed up they knew exactly who he was all three officers were like randy really again and uh he had to go and then uh we have other people that aren't quite he was actually like they send you a warning that says do not set foot it comes in the mail do not set foot on this premises ever again or you will be arrested for uh, was it trespassing because we yeah. are private property right. people don't understand that either and people do not understand about bartending that the bartenders have the right to serve you it is it is and I'm not trying to be like oh, I'm great because I can serve you and I can say <laughs> no but if there is for any reason why I don't feel comfortable as a bartender serving you 
I don't have to serve you. I don't go to the extreme where some bartenders, like where you, you roll in and look at them funny or blow them a raspberry. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but, you know, like we do not have to serve customers. And we love to serve customers because our job is great. We're kind mm -hmm. of at the party without having the party party end of it, but we're still being social because we're seeing everybody partying. So it's it's kind of like we're always the designated driver, you know, like, you ready to go? Let's get out of here, you know? But yeah, we've, yeah. we've banned a couple people yeah. and they and people that haven't been banned but have been kind of warned. We, we uh, at the American Bar and Grill, sound like that from time to time. Yeah. <laughs> Friday nights, come see us. Um, we, uh, we give you a warning mm -hmm. and say, look, and if you come back and things pursue, then we ask you to leave. And then if it's really bad, like Randy in the bathroom with the Kermit the Frog puppet, you you need to you need to definitely yeah. What is he doing? You need to definitely go. So yeah, we do. Um, and that's sad. It really is because, like I said, no one likes to be the heavy. And it's it's always nice to have people there than not have people there. But you're just kind of looking out for everybody. So what's the ideal customer for you uh, uh, to, do, to go from the worst to the worst to the best yeah, of the best? Yeah, best of the best. Um, I think the customers that I always get from time to time, haven't seen you in a while. Where have you been? I said, oh, well, you know, I've been busy. I said, I'm not here on Wednesdays or the weekends. You might have come in. Oh, yeah, we come in on Wednesdays and Saturday nights or over the weekend. I said, yeah. Those people that always, like, say, like, they remember, like they remember you. Or if I'm I'm grocery shopping and someone's like, ABG, <laughs> ABG, bartender. Or I've actually walked bartender. into places and I've seen people do the the like wise guys hand over the mouth to the girlfriend. That's that bartender from the American Bar and Grill. <laughs> nice. Like it's it's pretty. It's kind of cool. It's kind of nice to be acknowledged. Sometimes it's just like a bit overwhelming because there's times when even when you're in the grocery store and people that you're friends with, you're like all kind of just in those running shorts and that. Uh, <laughs> You know, that, whatever, you just, I don't want to be seen right now. I just stopped in here for some beef jerky and some diapers, man. <laughs> and, uh, but no, that's, that's good. Um, I've had people that have actually, uh, when I left my Chicago bar, when I moved back to Pennsylvania, they uh, had a lot of customers that were like sad to see me go. You know, you really were very awesome as a bartender. You're very personable. Thank you for this, this, and this. Like, just I think the best customer is the customer that appreciates what you do and doesn't ever like push it to the point where you have to make things uncomfortable and kind of strain the relationship with the bartender and the customer. Oh, that's good. I mean, we obviously the three, four of us are are heavy Lancaster drinkers. We've been to several bars <laughs> and we have relationships with bartenders around town. And it is sort of interesting that you're right that it's it's we see them a lot for people who we have a relationship that involves money and that haven't been to their homes or seen them sort of off work in a more relaxed setting. So it is sort of nice to know that when we appreciate them, that they appreciate being appreciated. And it's not just I'm being nice for the sake of the tip or I'm no. being you know, nice for that, that they actually are responding naturally to being decent human beings and making their lives easier because at least I can speak for the guys that the people at the table here um, that we do try to make it. We know <laughs> you're serving us the greatest thing on earth <laughs> and we want that to happen all the time and as easily as possible that we want to be as respectful and make that as easy on you as possible because we want to get the beer as quickly and as deliciously as possible. I, I think, uh, I think that's well appreciated from my end too. I think also it, it helps because like you said, when you come into a place, we know pretty much what you're looking for. We can, I always said this too, like, 
if you stop and think for a second, everyone out there at a place that you go to for whatever reason it is, like an oil change or a steakhouse or whatever, they are your experts when it comes to whatever it is in that moment. So if you're nice to those people, you can sometimes like really honestly charm the best things out of people. And I'm not saying doing it like a make friends and influence people kind of book situation where you, you're, but if you're genuine about it and you talk to people, you find out because they know that's what they do. Like what is the best steak in this place? Who makes the best steak in this place? Do you guys, you have all the information and you have like the, the wizard of steaks or oil changes right in front of you. And if you treat them from the start positively, you're going to have a positively great experience. And I find that like every time that happens and you're out and about, they remember you for that. Like I've had so many people that are like, very cool to me because I've just been cool to them. I'm sure there's been people too that I've not been very cool to and they probably remember me too, but I don't go back to them, <laughs> those places. I don't recommend that. But <laughs> No, but you know, I mean, it's just, if, if you, yeah, like if you're just cool to people, then they're cool to you back and it, it doesn't really, and it's tough because we don't always have great days and we're not always wearing big, big smiles and we're not always like feeling confident about what's going on with what we're doing. But if you can just like realize that all the answers are right in front of you, and you go in and you just have that like level of, hey man, what's good in this place? But if if you come up to me, you guys have Ciroc, and I say no, and you go, you're like throwing your arms up in the air and you're throwing me attitude. And what kind of place is this? Right there, man. You're kind of like, you're putting rocks in the stream. The water that was flowing when you first came in the door, which was beautiful and serving a purpose, you're throwing big rocks and you're stopping the flow. And as soon as you stop the flow with something like bad or negative or not quite what you're into, you know, but the world's full of difficult people and they need mm. love too, you know, even the meanest person loves something, even if it's like Doritos, <laughs> you know, somebody loves something, you know, so if that makes any sense. I love Doritos. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I, I know exactly where you're coming from, from on that because I, I mean, my job is pretty much the same way. It's like if people would just treat me with respect, like I'd go to the ends of the earth for these people, but it's so, it, they never do, very rarely. And they don't, they have no idea, like, it's like, if you're going to be rude to me, I'm just, not, I'm not going to do anything for you. Are you at liberties I, to mention on there what it is that you do? Because I'm new to the podcast. I don't know uh, what it is that you oh, do. Like, my day job is I deliver goods to people Okay. Um, delivery driver. He's a dealer. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. The blind dun, tiger dun, 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 respect, I'm just going to give you a shitty quality. Yeah. No, but, uh, <laughs> but no, it's just like all you have to do is just like not be a dick, kind of. Like, yeah. it's, but it's human so, decency. It, it's funny yeah. how people just come up to me with like such an attitude right off the bat. And it's just like, hey, look, like, I'm sorry. I understand you're pissed off. You're having a bad day. That's great. But like, I'm not your punching bag. Mm-hmm. You don't need to go off on me. And in fact, if you like, maybe just want to sit down and talk about it, I can actually probably help you out with whatever your problem is. Yep. But very rarely do people actually like think to do that. So, yeah, just yeah. we're all, we're all we're all like quick triggers. We're such quick quick triggers nowadays. Yeah. Everything's so fast and so really, right now. Really I gotta is. have it right now. I don't have time for this. And we're I gotta get to where I'm going and this and that. And I experienced that today in traffic. I was uh, driving to pick up my daughters and I was getting on the highway and I was adjusting my mirror and as I was adjusting my mirror I realized that someone actually passed me from the merge lane when you get onto the highway. I was coming onto the highway too but I guess I wasn't going fast enough. So they actually like bolted past me on the the merge lane and then 
all the like I don't I think they had like some sort of clown car convention all these hands flipping me the bird were flying out of the car I was mm-hmm. like are you kidding me like I didn't even see that you I'm, I'm doing like 65 and you're all flipping me the bird and it's that whole like kind of like F you and hooray for me kind of mentality that really is a lot of those people that are all angry well, that was you only going 65. Was that, oh, was that you? <laughs> Jesse's like, we were all, it was everyone from the podcast. This is on 30. Yeah, depending what section of 30 you're on, it is kind of like that all of a sudden you're just like, what the hell? I was like, really? You really needed to go that fast? And then this is the horrible thing. I don't wish any ill will on anybody or any kind of death, but I was driving and I'm thinking, it would be pretty funny if you crashed right now. Not into anybody else. If you just crashed, if you just flipped the car and went over the guardrail and Mm -hmm. landed safely away from people. And then I thought, eh, that's all right. You probably caused traffic to stop and then I couldn't pick up my girl sometimes. So Mm -hmm. just keep flipping people the finger. Karma is is quite the the bitch and she she wins. She always does. God love her. So other than old man flasher, are there any other <laughs> stereotypes of bad customers that you deal with on uh, a regular basis? Uh, there's really weird, bizarre ones. There was a man that was in there that I think... See, and the hard thing about bartending, too, is you have to decide a couple things. Is the person talking funny to you because they have a speech impediment? <laughs> are they talking to mm. you funny because they're actually on some other substance? Uh. It's like it's like a quiz show that... <laughs> Because you stand there and you're like, uh, and then you, you you try and figure out what's wrong with them. But this guy was definitely <laughs> did not seem intoxicated when he was served by us. Had a couple drinks, became a complete like wreck. So you have someone that's having a beer or two in your establishment, goes into the everything happens in the bathroom, folks. I'm telling you, <laughs> I think girls take girls into the bathroom because they need to have some sort of uh, life raft or some sort of like uh, security. Went to the bathroom and apparently um, just defecated. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you can say bad words on your podcast. Yeah, you or can not. absolutely say okay. whatever you want. I shit his pants, and it, it was so horrible. It it smelled like someone gutted an animal in our oh, dining God. room, and it just yeah. kept billowing out to the bar. And someone said, you need to go check on this guy. And I was like, and that's my job, too, as the oh, judge. No. I get to go. I'll, I'll give you some other really tasty tidbits <laughs> of it. bar history at the A-Bag. I had to go in there and check on him. And it was awful. Um, it was like an insane asylum bathroom. He had managed to smear feces all over the place. I don't know if he was like white, like war paint with poop on his face or what he was doing. But it smelled so foul we got him like outside and then we realized that he had used his like uh jets jersey to try and clean it up and then he wanted his jersey back uh-huh. after I, I like customers were like really what is that and i'm looking at him like really you can't tell what that is like it's so he was tracking his poop into the dining room i had to go get the mop and bucket i actually had i people guys were like hey man what's up What's that smell, man? I said, just do me a favor. Go use the ladies' room. Just make sure there's no ladies in it. Use the ladies' room. This is occupied. Uh, uh, this is this is just oh. not good. So I had to clean up with a lot of bleach and a lot of uh, aerosol. Um, was a freshener. Yeah. And we had him outside, and he was giving him a hard, giving us a hard time the whole time. We're like, we're gonna call you a cab. He was from like Ephrata. Not oh to be little wow. Ephrata listeners, but uh, that's like a. 20 minute, 30 yeah, minute and he was going to drive. Like, he was going to drive oh. home, and we were like, no way. There's no way. And we Bless told him. the cab that picked him up and took him there. Really well, <laughs> and that's that was the thing. The guy that, That's another thing, too. You want to have a good podcast, 
get a, a cab driver from Lancaster in here some night and have you tell you the stories about what happens when they leave the bar because some of the <laughs> some of the cab drivers <laughs> you're like, yeah, I need a cab. Yeah, where you at? American Bar and Grill. Okay, fifteen twenty minutes. They roll up. They usually have to because the people aren't responsible enough. They have to honk the horn a couple times. Then they usually come in the door and they shout, "I got a cab out here! I got a cab out here!" <laughs> it's like a serenade. I have a cab <laughs> out here. <laughs> and then you have to like stop the music. We got a cab out here. Hey, we have a cab. It's like dinner theater. We have a cab out here. What do you do with a cab named Maria? But uh, <laughs> so sometimes it is like honestly. Putting them in the cab is a treat, and then the cab driver, the looks, the looks are the best. Like when you finally get the obnoxiously drunk, maybe poop-filled, vomit-covered person in the back of this little yellow, like, safety wagon. Safety wagon? <laughs> the, the, the side window on the passenger side usually goes... <laughs> and then you get that look. <laughs> and if that look had music, it'd be like... Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> around every corner they're gone but they they have shot us some looks like what are you doing what are you doing it's it's i'm surprised cab drivers just don't call up and be more specific like you're ordering a pizza you know like, do you have any allergies to drunk people covered in poop and barf <laughs> you don't want to pick this guy up if you do with shit. <laughs> oh my god so the poop guy took his jersey, his Jets jersey, and apparently put it in a to-go bag that we gave him, and <laughs> went out back. He before the cab comes. Here's a uh, Quentin Tarantino flashback forward movement of time. He carried, and people were like getting away from him, like he was like the plague, like because they smelled him coming. He's like, whoa, get away from that guy. He put the the bag with the poop-covered jersey in our back area, and left and was complaining, "Where's my jerseys?" They're stuffing him in the cab. He actually came back the next day. No one, I don't. I wasn't there, and the people that worked that night weren't to pick up his poop-covered Jersey Jets that he wiped up our tried to wipe up his poop with in our bathroom. That was that was that was a, a fun one. Another one was the. Uh, Do you apologize or like? No, no. Are you? To, uh, he didn't remember. Like seriously, when you get to that point, you're like, I wasn't here, you know. <laughs> Just remember the jersey, though. <laughs> yeah, the, jersey, the Jets well, jersey. He knew he was there. He yeah. took it, but uh, there was also I. I witnessed a tall European looking fellow go into the ladies room with his uh, date and I said to one of the bartenders I said uh, Carrie you got you got to go in the ladies room why do I got to go in the ladies room <laughs> I said because I'm not a lady I said the man just went in the ladies room I said if a lady went in the men's room I like to rationalize you know <laughs> if a man went in the ladies room or if a, if a lady went in the man's room I'd be all over that but you're a lady and that's your jurisdiction you go in there and I am not lying to you <laughs> I'll never forget Every, everyone's faces on that one was beautiful. She opens the door, and if you know about the American Bar and Girls uh, ladies' bathroom, you can see right, and there's this huge like countertop. She like opens up the door, and it's like some sort of Fellini film. The uh -huh. guy is on his knees, and he is uh, performing what is it, cunnilingus on this lady? I think that's the term you use. Mm. Let's just say he was chowing down, <laughs> and as the door was open, the crowd goes wild. <laughs> It's out of the park. It was the most craziest thing. And the best thing was the amount of time that it took for Carrie to see and then register what she was seeing and then to turn around and everybody who's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then the quick, they're, they're like compressor doors. They don't slam really. So she's trying to slam this door so she can get this image out of her head. And the whole time she's like, 
Jason. It was like like Hogan's Heroes. Hogan and Jason. And I'm in the kitchen, and I couldn't stand up. I was hyperventilating because I was laughing so hard. And she looked at me, and she said, I want to tell you something right now. I don't give a damn whose jurisdiction that bathroom is. You need something in that lady's room. You go and get it your damn self. She's like, I won't deal with that ever again. She actually had to, t- the guy, they, they came out of the bathroom after about another five or ten minutes and just sat at the bar like nothing happened after everyone saw them at the bar. And she was like, you've got to go now. Yeah, what? what? She's like, no, what me? You have to go now. I take her with you. <laughs> she had to ask them to leave, and he didn't. He, I guess, where, he, where he's from, that that's not a big deal, like doing that kind of thing while you're out at a bar, you know? Oh, well, that happens. It, it was yeah. an invasion of his privacy. <laughs> yes, we invaded his space, yeah. which was kind of crazy. Wow, can't say I've ever seen that at a bar. No, I never seen that. No, no. I've that's... seen some serious heavy petting, but uh, no. never anything. <laughs> not the far. hardcore. Where... <laughs> no. <laughs> There goes our NC-17 rating. <laughs> so what is the worst like case of someone hitting on someone that you've seen? What's um, the most embarrassing, like, degrading thing you've seen like that? Well, actually, for quite a long time at the American Bar and Grill, we didn't have any of that because up until the past, like, couple years, we were kind of filled with uh, a lot of creeper dudes. Mm-hmm. Like, girls wouldn't come near us. They're, like, you would see... Uh, you'd see tumbleweeds before you'd see ladies come in, but that's all changed. We try and like let our female patrons know that you are awesome and we love having you here. And the reason that we are probably a lot busier than we ever have been is because you're here and we want you to feel comfortable when you're here and bring your friends. And if anyone ever like says, does, or anything that is really inappropriate or you feel uncomfortable and you don't feel comfortable saying something to them about it, come to us pretend we're your big brother or your dad because we have no problems like going up to somebody and saying look man it's got to stop or you're going so um i don't know we usually don't try and let it get to the point where it's like really out of hand to the point uh there has been a couple times most recently where you have to remind gentlemen callers what their boundaries are you have to be like look you know the excuse of you trying to watch the tv isn't working because there's a TV and four open bar seats right beside you over here. Like it's, it's, and we'll change a channel for you. You know, guys like to, from time to time, get really close. I'm, I'm, or have an excuse. Oh, I'm watching this on the TV. I'm like, you, you know, I said to one guy, I said, you know what, if you're any closer, you'd be a scab or a band aid. You got to get off, back off, yeah. you know? But uh, yeah, we try not to let, let anything. There's there is some times when when people do stuff they usually get asked to leave for a while. We're 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 we are really like kind of nice when it comes to it, and we we kind of are like parents at the a bag. If you do something dumb, we don't like we don't kick you off the island, but we ask you to go up to your room and think about what you did. <laughs> you know, you like take go up to your room and, and think about what you did is is a great way. And then you have those people that are like. But I really don't see what I did that was wrong. I'm like, no, but this whole bar here, and that's that'll happen someday too. Well, I'm just gonna go over and pause the iPod and go. Does anybody here in this room witness what's happening right here? You, 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 you. Would you say that's a good thing or a bad thing? Okay, excellent. Do you have any other things to say about what's going on? You know, like we do, we do all kinds of crazy stuff. That's where the improv comes in too. Like. I've I've learned to like I have a loud voice. I sing in a band, 
and I've always been able to shout when I needed to because it's been my defense in keeping me from getting black eyes and broken teeth and uh, and acting crazy. But if, if I have to, like, there there's always something going on that is improvised. We, Jaws came up on the TV the other night, and I went on YouTube and found the soundtrack to Jaws, and it's piped into our stereo, and I just, the, the timing on it was absolutely spot on. Um, there was a scene with the shark coming up eating kids, and I... <laughs> Then the sound of the TV's been off the whole night, but everyone's watching Jaws. So I go over and I... <laughs> and I yell, Hey, man, that's that damn shark music! Get out of the water! Get out of the water! And people are like, What's happening? <laughs> what the hell's happening? And then, you, you know, you get, a, you get a good laugh. But there's, there's always... You can always have so much fun if you're dealing prescription drugs or if you're making pizzas or if you're doing uh, lawn care. You can do so much, like, that you don't think... I don't know. I always say try not to be embarrassed with the things that kind of come to you. That's what's great about improv. People go to see you do improv because you kind of don't have that wall. We're kind of like brought up and raised to have a wall. They can't see me say that or do that or walk funny or show my belly. Good God, have you seen my belly? If I show anyone my belly, you know, like, you just, I, I think with, with the improv and, and life, just try not to have too many hang-ups about yourself because you'd be so surprised at what you think is a hang-up the people all around you think is a hang-up, and their hang-ups are even sillier than your hang-ups, you know? There's yeah. there's a lot of neurosis in a bar, too, man. <laughs> but And I think bartenders are underappreciated for how much they are referees or or babysitters, really. That I know the, the best experiences I've ever had is ordering a shot at a bar, and some guy starts talking to me, and I see, you know, I'm roped into a 20-minute conversation, and the bartender clearly knows I don't know that guy, <laughs> and is like, hey... Your friend at the end of the bar wants to see you. Oh, well, sorry, dude, I gotta go down. And it's just like that perfect excuse to get away from a drunk person without mm-hmm. pissing them off is so appreciative. And to know that that <laughs> awareness of whatever's going on in the entire bar yep. is a, it's a skill. It's truly a skill. That's that's true improv. I like to do the. I've always done the five or six thing. Like it always got me out of trouble. I used to end up going to. I graduated before my friends, and I would still go to there. This is before high schools became like prisons where doors are locked and IDs are put in holes to get in places. Um, I would just do the five or six thing, and the five or six thing basically is um, someone of authority would come at me as I'm walking down the hall, and I clearly do not belong in the hall. But if I'm with somebody that belongs there, I just look at them, and I would be like, "Yeah, like five or six, man. You know, I mean, we've got like." I don't know, my dad has 32, I think, the last time I checked. But five or six should be good for you. Just improvise conversation. And if you're really, like, you you, uh, commit to it and you give it your all, like, most of the times, principals, uh, superintendents, whatever, would just walk by us because I'm talking like I know what I'm doing. And for them to interrupt me would be kind of like, they better know what they're doing because I'm talking about five or six. I'm rolling numbers out, man. You don't just walk up on somebody that's spouting numbers. I could be like a stockbroker for Christ's sake. You know who I am. You know, I'm this kid's attorney or whatever. But no, and, and, and my friends, they know about it and they get really, they could tell when I was nervous or kind of afraid or something was going down and they would be like, my friend Pete would always be like, dude, just quit it with the five or six thing. You know, the cops have us already. We're in the squad cars. <laughs> Just quit it. You can't five or six out of this, man. It's, it's like a little kid that's like, I'm invisible. You don't see me. You don't see me. I'm right here, but you don't see me, you know. But that 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 whole, like, improv thing. And one thing I do, too, is if uh, I think you walk down on your tab, instead of running out and shouting and looking like an ass, because if you are a bartender and someone leaves and they're just going out to smoke and you run out fully cocked, hey, man, you didn't pay your... Oh, you're smoking a cigarette. 
you look like a real ass. So I take my phone out and I always, I always pretend like, yeah, no, things are going great at work. Yeah, okay. Well, I wasn't planning on stopping at the grocery store afterwards, but I can. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did you call your sister back? Because she, she like left a message that was kind of weird and cryptic on the machine today. Yeah. All right, well, I got to get back to work. I love you, too. And that's that's what you run into your phone that no one's listening to. To you're you're, you're kind of like still the eyes and ears of what's going on outside, and you're kind of like surveying the perimeter. Maybe that person that came in that you didn't get the card shouldn't be out there because they're not 21. Or maybe that person that you thought wasn't going to pay their bill, like I said, is standing there talking to someone. Yeah. Because we all really hate to like come in fully loaded on somebody and then just get the like, calm down, man. I'm having a cigarette. Just calm down. <laughs> You need to take a break, man. Maybe someone <laughs> should get you a beer. Here, you have another hot notch, you know, or half a shot. How long have you been on A-Bag for? Oh, my God. I said last night when I was working, I think, four years, and someone went, four? Really? You think it's four? You have no idea. You have no idea. Your timeline is so screwed, man. Four. I think it's been like six years. Six. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's, I lose, I am awful. I will be the first person to admit that I do not remember the things that are important. I couldn't tell you what my mother and father's birth dates are. I'm not even sure I could tell you my daughter's birth dates. I'm, and it, it's awful. But I am horrible at numbers. I never was good with math. Five or six, dude. Yeah, yeah five or six. Fifth or six I'm good at throwing numbers out, but if they're bullshit numbers, I'm great, man. You need some lottery numbers that won't win? Give me a call. 16, 14, 12, 27, 5, and 9. See, that shit sounds good. But but no, I... Uh, I think it's been it's been almost it's getting closer and closer to ten, and uh, it's tough because I I always tell my wife uh, I will get a, another day job, and I will do something where our schedules will line up, and at first she was kind of like yeah you're just five or sixing me, <laughs> and then she's kind of also been really also great and supportive because she realizes that what I do. I'm pretty good at it, she said, and she really thinks that that's great that I can do a good job at what I do and like what I do. Because nowadays, like, finding a job that you like to do and that you're good at is yeah. totally win-win yeah. situation, man. Yeah. Because, like, is it Mike? Yeah. Like Mike said, I mean, it's so hard. You get a job that you like and you're there for people, but if you come at me full bore and want to start on me when you don't even know what's going on, I'm going to snap on you because I've had that happen so many times in several other delivery spots, you know. So I, I do something that I enjoy and it takes care of me and it's, it's fun. Like I said, it's like, it's like having a party at my house, but you can't sleep over and I don't have to buy the party stuff. Like I just show up and I serve and I get rewarded for it, and I get involved in some really crazy scenarios and situations. I get to hear people's darkest, deepest secrets, and it's so crazy, too. I always say this, too. Someone will say something like, is that bad? Should I get the fries, or should I have another shot? Or I'm like, well, you know what? I'm here to serve you. I'm not here to judge you, and that's, that's a hard thing about bartending. You're here to serve, not to judge. I'm like, you can come see me judge on my off days at the community college. I have an <laughs> office, but... You know, that's that's the toughest thing is to um, to just find something that you love and that you can do and enjoy and are treated with respect at. So, And everyone likes beer. That's that's the, the, the tagline. Everyone likes beer. Every, I should say, everyone likes and loves beer, you know, and drinking and hanging out. Have you seen a big shift in what people are ordering over the last, like, six years? Like, are yes. You... <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Yes, this is this is this is my favorite. Leans over, looks at the tap. What all you got down there? <laughs> well, I have 
Miller Lite, Yangling Lager, Guinness, then I go into the craft beers mm-hmm. and I get I get ten or twelve in and they look at me and they go, Well, how much is that uh that hoppy one? Oh, it's five and a quarter. Yeah, give me a Miller Lite. Oh, <laughs> no. Or I'm not kidding you, you will I at the bar we like to pour samples because why should you commit to something that's almost like six dollars if you're gonna sit there and choke it down? I'd right. rather have you go, Yeah, you can keep that or yeah, that's not, you know, it's kind of like putting someone in clothing at the mall, you know, like, oh, you look great in that. Ooh, that makes your neck look kind of, yeah. you know, have you try it and then decide and then spend your money wisely. But the best is when you have people that go down the line all like 12 taps, maybe only eight or nine because they know what Miller Lite and <laughs> Jenny <laughs> Cream hope. Ale and Guinness <laughs> taste like. Yeah. But then they're like, yeah, I'll take a Budweiser bottle. I'm like, 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 why? Why do some? I mean. It, it's not really impressing me. Like, what you order doesn't really impress me. I'm around it all the time. I mean, I appreciate if you're trying to relate to me on some sort of, like, bar genius knowledge of beers and stuff. Because I don't know at all. And I'm always learning. And there's sometimes people ask me, well, what kind of beer is that? And I'll be honest with you, sometimes I'm like, I have no clue. Because I haven't tried it yet or I haven't asked the other bartenders or servers, what, what is that Blonde dump truck beer. I don't, <laughs> I've never heard of this blonde dump truck. It's crazy. I, I um, we we have a lot of customers that are like really into it though too. Since craft beers have now like everyone's brewing and yeah, you know beer is hoppy and beer is like triple and double and red IPA. Like there's a lot of people that I, I kind of like think of it as people that get into like NASCAR. Or baseball cards like they really like that's their thing like they've waited all of their lives for something to totally like commit to and to get into <laughs> and um they are seriously like fanatical about it There's like some yeah yeah it. that oh that's that's definitely the one man <laughs> that 12 percenter man that is the that is the shit <laughs> i'm like okay i'm like i'll watch it t- i'll watch it turn to shit i had a i had, <laughs> I had a, a guy and a girl one time come in and the guy was like he looks just like looks exactly like Dustin Diamond's Screech from Saved by the Bell. And the girl's like a horse trainer that comes in there. I see her from time to time. And they were drinking Mad Elf, which is crazy-ass Mad Elf is what it is. And uh, at at the time, that was like the beer that everyone was looking for. Kind of like, remember when Cisco was around in bottles or Three Amigos or all those weird beers you have to drive across the border to get and bring back to PA, but Mad Elf was the stuff. And they sat there, and she, I am not kidding you, in the night's time, she had like five or six pints of it, and she seemed fine. She could walk the line, wow, and he wow. had three, and he started hicking, hiccuping, and like he couldn't like. I was like, you gotta get him out of here. I'm like, he's, <laughs> yeah. she's like, look at me, and that is the thing too about being in a bar is bar stories travel throughout friends. Like your friends are the cruelest people when you're out drinking because <laughs> they always bring up situations. She always would tell people, hey, hey, Jason, come over here, tell. Them. How many mad elves? How many mad elves? <laughs> Six or seven mad elves. Who had a me? <laughs> and then the little little Dustin Diamond. How, well, just walk away from him. <laughs> he fell all over himself. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's fun thing about bars, too. It's like a playground. Like with uh, with libation. So, uh, at A-Bag, does Tony Clifton ever come out? Nah, no. That, uh... I haven't seen Tony Clifton in quite some time. Like, uh, that's so funny that you mentioned that. I think the last memorable uh, time that Tony Clifton and I were near each other in a room was when I was working at the Chameleon and I was uh, blessed to be offered my first solo uh, bartending gig above the the club when it was the Tiki Bar. And yeah. your 
your brother and his lovely wife, Adam and Gretchen, uh, asked me to do this. Like, they're like, you can paint, you can pretty much, is it carte blanche? Is that, can I sound like I know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Is it carte blanche? You can carte do whatever blanche. you want. Yeah. Just, you know, have fun, go with it, roll with it. And that was probably the best summer uh, bartending on my own. Um, it was lawless. There was uh, several times where I probably should have been fired, and I have I had left my post and said to friends, "Can you just come back here and look look like you know what you're doing for about 20 minutes? I'm gonna go to Walmart and pick up some silly string and some hot dogs. You know, yeah. do you need anything?" And it, I'm telling you, I was I am very blessed by angels and whatever your your deity of choice is because I, I actually made it through unscathed. No one was hurt. We had uh, unless you count Loretta. Oh yeah! Oh my goodness! Oh, we all—they all know Loretta. Yeah, we're all good. Oh, Loretta, Loretta, real quick, you gotta go home. Why? You gotta go home. Why? Sound like a parent. You gotta go home. Why? I'm like, this is over. I'm like, Hugh, step behind here. Walk her up to the house. Walked her up to the house. Where's Dan at? Oh, he's right there. He's like the guy loving their apartment. He was in like three rooms. He had an arm in the kitchen. He had an arm in the hallway. He, <laughs> he had a leg. A leg sticking out somewhere. He 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 was just all bent up, and he was just laying there. I'm like, Dan, you okay? <sighs> Dan, you're gonna be all right. He's fine. Let him go. Let's go back. I'm like, no. I'm like, you are not coming back. Why? He's fine. He knows. He knows. He knows what? That he's snoring right now and he's passed out. God love him. So, I said, I'll tell you what. I said, you cannot come back with me. You are not getting served. You are home safe. I said, you're within walking distance. I need to go back or you're going to get me fired. You're not going to get fired. He knows. He knows. So I said, do me a favor. Just go check on him. She went and she checked on him. And as she was, I did the quick turns and goes to him. I jetted out the door. I pulled the door shut. I ran down the steps. I ran to the club. And I could hear her yell, Jason, the whole way back to the She was standing outside of the club like, why won't you let me in? <laughs> So that was that, but the uh, those were some some killer times. The Tony Clifton thing was uh, he was there one night making an appearance and got into an argument with Adam about something, and they the two of them went at it and smashed uh, plastic tables. Oh, I remember that. They too. went up on the table, both of them. It was the craziest thing. And when they came down, legs snapped and shot out, and they tumbled for a little bit, and then he was asked to leave, and uh, never had been seen since. Which. Uh, yeah, I maybe that night. I was there. there. There's been talk of that, like coming back. I don't know, man. That's those are those days are interesting. The the whole thing, but uh, yeah, that was that was a great time having people come out in the rain on a deck. Yeah. I was so busy on a deck. That deck was so cool, and it was so amazing. I found a, a the last tenants that lived in my building had a small um, uh, barbecue grill, little sit job, and. Uh, just took it up there and we cooked food. I went to the grocery store every shift mm -hmm. before I had to work and decided what I was gonna make for people for dinner. Didn't charge people anything because A, I didn't really have a license up there to cook mm -hmm. and B, if you eat at your own risk, you're eating at your own risk. But I know to wash my hands and keep my hands away from myself while I'm preparing food. So I made like chili in the coffee pot. Yes, <laughs> I made, we watched, and we, we did themed things. I did some themed things, which I was really like, happy with myself that summer because some creative things happened. We sat up there and I went to the public library and would get videos and watch them on the TV. We watched the story of the jazz great Thelonious Monk and I went to the grocery store and made monkfish. I got monkfish, we cooked monkfish, we had all this food, people were eating and uh, people were like, how can you do this? I'm like, what do you mean? How will 
what do you charge them? I'm like, I don't charge them anything. Well, you're losing money. I'm like, I'm not losing money, brother. I'm telling you, if you take care of people when they least expect it, like that, people don't seem to understand the littlest or the middlest or the largest that you can do for people. Really, the rewards are so like, they're karmic. And I had people that over tipped. I had people. I had people that were like actually texting my phone before my shift and would be like, "What are we having for dinner on the tiki deck?" I had yeah. people that were there every night because they. A lot of the guys that were there, like Andrew, mm-hmm. Mr. Distal Fink himself. <coughs> um, oh, Martin, yeah. Yeah, God nice. love him. Lost a golf bet to him up on the roof, a hundred dollars. <laughs> I gave him. I gave him a couple shots. We had a golf course that was up on the tiki deck too that we had set up. We had mini golf up on the deck. All kinds of crazy stuff. I. It's just it was fun, but. You know, we we cooked food, and he would be like, "Mr. Vallette, what are we having for dinner?" But it was bachelors that didn't want to take and make dinner, and if they could come to a bar that yeah. they like to be at and a rooftop bar in the summer and have someone give them free food, and it it all it all like what you don't pay for in the food, you make up for. Like if you're eating something that you enjoy eating, yeah, I'll have another. Yeah, oh my goodness, I just sat here and I drank like six beers. I couldn't help it because these. Uh, tacos were delicious or have you had this soup yet oh my goodness it's spicy but yeah i'll take another it it's all it all lays itself out for you but you just got to like look at that look at things that way i think and that's kind of difficult but yeah man yeah, i remember that grill that was good <laughs> yeah i put my I, my the drummer in our band bought me a foosball table and i'm like i'm a guy that lives alone i can't really Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I'm running beside the, the thing. I can barely play foosball when I have someone beside me working the other two things, but you got all these handles to work. I mean, I'm no magician. So I was like, let's put it on the roof, and we did. And it rained on it. It turned to crap, and instead of getting rid of it through the dump, we climbed up the roof and stuck it on the roof. Birds were probably like, hey, let's land here. There's you know, like, like, what, six holes we can all live in? This is a condo. They just put a condo up on this roof. But no, man, that... Uh, it's been fun. Like there's there's been a lot of cool cool things about bartending. I, I highly recommend if uh, you're looking for something to do and you don't mind being heavy and you don't mind having fun and uh, just going with it. I, I highly recommend like being a bartender and serving people. You know, it's you make a lot of friends. You make a few enemies, but you make a lot of friends too. You know, it's pretty cool. I don't even know what to add to yeah, that. That's awesome. poetically <laughs> beautiful. You make a lot uh, of friends. You know, <laughs> it's a good time. Sounds like it. I mean, I certainly have enjoyed every experience for the most part that I've had with bartenders, even those who I know have been fired for pushing the boundaries or those who have been um, perhaps a little harsh with friends who probably deserved it. Um, but for the most part, I in town, I haven't really had a bad experience with bartenders. Uh. Maybe only one st- one establishment. That's all right. <laughs> what establishment is that? Uh-oh. Uh, I'll mention later. <laughs> I'll mention later. You never, you never, they never say anything bad on them. Anybody else want a beer while I'm on? I'm fine. Thank you. Uh, I'm good. I got a growler next to me. I'll probably fill up from there. Excellent. <laughs> Prepared. Oh, you must. Gosh. Yeah. We, yes. did, we did a podcast. We did an episode before you were here. Okay. Well, that's cool. That's cool. I have to. Uh, I've actually been kind of taking. That's another thing too about bartending is uh, I've been taking it easy. Um, you know, because you get kind of wrapped up in it and you end up afterwards, your, your bosses are usually like, yeah, you know, you can have a drink or two. And the thing about that is it's a great thing, but it's kind of like, uh, it's like having an eating disorder and someone sticking like a thing, a little Debbie's and some slim jams and some uh, French onion dip in front of you. It's, uh, 
you know, it's, yeah, um, it's bad because you can over indulge because if you let it take over you, it's a bad thing. So I don't know. Is there a high, like a high rate of alcoholism or drunk on the jobness between? Well, you, you know what it is. The sad thing about it is, if it isn't the bartenders that, and there there are those that are, <coughs> not that I'm aware of where I am, but uh, I've been other places that, uh, yes, there are people that probably, you know, should be a little bit easier on themselves. Mostly though, the trend from what I understand, and if any owners are out there thinking I'm targeting them, I'm really not. But I've heard a lot of other bartenders and service industry people come in and have drinks and talk because we do that. But owners of bars tend to be like the worst, like the absolute, because they're responsible for all that. Like they're the ones paying for the insurance and they're the ones that are relying on us as bartenders not to have problems and create problems. So it's, but a lot of, a lot of people that own establishments that have alcohol, from what I understand, I mean, I haven't done research to the point where I would give you a like a statistic but it's it's bad like i've had people been like my boss is he's wolf and i i don't know i always like to walk a mile in that person's shoes i i i work in the places and i've worked in places where i'm like i can see that like i've worked in places where the people that owned it were out of one business that i actually was in the kitchen not bartending yet in chicago and was going out of business and the new owner came in and changed everything around wasn't paying bills and then just up and closed the place because they didn't know what they were doing. They thought that, you know, they changed the menu from like really good cooked food to that microwave stuff where yeah. ding, 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 you know, yeah. we were like doing lots of business. And then the new owner came in and didn't had a lot of money, but had no experience and just like drove the place absolutely into the ground. And I didn't get paid my last like two weeks. None of us did. And we, you go to work and there's a sign that says like, that big orange construction orange it says this place is no longer but never the phone call like it's so funny i always joke like they'll have a problem with you not showing up for work in on time but if they go to close the place <laughs> where are they at you know how do yeah. you find them yeah. so but yeah no i've actually heard that quite a bit i know uh we know a couple of owners around here and uh, the ones that are the most responsible have made like dis decisive rules I am not allowed to pass out of my place of business. I need to be able to drive home every night. I need to, and I think that's that's a good thing to do because when it's not, I guess having beers at your own establishment is just cutting a little bit into profit, and it can get really ugly real quick. The the thing that I've learned over the years, it's not the fact that you sitting there having a couple beers is a problem, but what becomes a problem is, okay. I tell you what you can and can't do in a bar. You come into a bar and you see me doing what I've told you you can or can't do in a bar. My credibility for telling you what you can and can't do in a bar has just been thrown out the window because any level of like respect you have for me as a bartender or as an authoritative or as the heavy, I'm no longer that because I, I put myself on the other side of the bar and I'm just like you. And that's where I, I I very like if you see me at the American Bar and Grill, I'll tell you why you're seeing me there. I'm probably stopping to pick up dinner, like take out food on a weekend, and I'll have a quick beer or two, like a new dad. And uh, <laughs> usually it's the new dad that buys me a beer then, which is kind of nice. Or I'm there playing with the band, or I'm there seeing a band. But I really, honestly, I totally think that it's, and the owner has told us that, and of other places as well. They always appreciate if you do not 
sit and drink at the bar you work at because you really honestly, you have no right, to, I have no right to say to you, you're getting loud. You know, you're getting rowdy, you're saying things, you're doing things because I've been known to get loud and rowdy and say and do things that I probably shouldn't have done. You know, whether I was in character or in a costume or breaking, <laughs> breaking tables, tables or yeah. whatnot. You know? <laughs> so that, I think that that has a lot to do with it too. That's why I, I try not to. I'd love to though. I mean, my work is like my second home. I've, I've got a whole family of people that are really awesome. I guess you know? I never really thought about the idea that bartenders might drink elsewhere for the fact that they don't want to put on a bad example for the regulars. That's actually a, a, probably a pretty good point because we have some friends <laughs> that have been pretty <laughs> in their past because uh, she's been very, 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 very good lately um, for the past several years. But, uh, yeah, she's been problematic. You know, I've heard stories from bartenders who – served her this awesome new mixed drink that was pretty much just Sprite in a glass. And, uh, <laughs> wow. Because uh, trying to persuade her not to have a drink when she wants one is really, really hard. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I could see then not wanting to be the drunken idiot in front of her because then she'll say, well, last Tuesday when I was out at blah, 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 I saw you being me, and that's a really uh-huh. bad example to have. I, That's when you're dressed as Tony Clifton. So yes. Who was that? Anyway? Come, in, <laughs> come in, come into uh, the establishments. You have problems within a disguise. We'll never know it's you. <laughs> <laughs> the best was the driver's license that he was asked to show that actually had <laughs> the cutout, <laughs> taped, uh, taped picture on the picture. It was pretty uh, hilarious. That. Yeah, that was good. Uh, I heard a rumor that um, Loretta did get caught like drinking at the tiki bar when it was closed. Something about going across the roof. No, I did not okay, hear about so that. Okay, so the story I heard. Now, I'm sorry, Loretta, if you're listening to this. Um, <laughs> well, in, in all fairness, too, like I've seen Loretta a couple times at the American Bar and Grill, and I always get the gentleman that she's with. His her it's her boyfriend. Chris. Yeah. I always yeah. get his name. I can't remember. I'm sorry, Chris. Chris. You are the nicest, gentlest, kindest, kindest soul that. I've seen in a long time, and thank you. I'll try and remember your name from from now on. But uh, well behaved, like oh, yeah. not mm-hmm. not anything like. And you know, we grow up. You know, you come to a point where you're like, "Ooh, I don't think I want to be that part of me anymore, or whatnot." Or things just change. But she's she's been well behaved. But back to your rooftop uh, adventure. Well, suppose th- I think this was when Nick and Holly owned it, um, <sighs> the club. That she went. She somehow she got on a roof. And she was doing this repeatedly, a roof near next to the community, like a couple. Oh, I think I did hear about this. Yeah, and there was something about a ladder. Then they would come. Yes, and they were helping themselves to the booze. Yes, I had to put the booze inside. Yes. Yeah, and we had to lock the coolers up because someone and they figured out who it was. That I didn't. Now that you mentioned that, I did hear about that, and I think that yeah, yeah, I guess that is right. Wow. That's just kind of going extreme to get a drink. I mean, all commando style. Yeah, Our friends like... are inventive. By the way, that. Red Rover, Red Rover. Throw Tina over. Where the hell's Tina? I'm Tina, you know. Throw me. Wow. Crazy. So is there a big difference between Chicago and Lancaster in terms of your uh, bartending experience? I'll tell you what, man. I moved back here and was so super surprised at how um, this place has gotten like Chicago. Really? The restaurants. Oh, my goodness. This place is happening. Lancaster has always been cool to me, and I've always loved it and have been glad that it was my home. But it is actually like I love it. Like, I'm so happy with all the great things that are happening. I actually sit down from time to time when I open up your, like, fig or Susquehanna style or 
uh, I'm going to get shot because there's uh, Fine Living Lancaster. Thank you. you. Oh, my goodness. Um, All of the places to go, the things to do, and it's just happening. And I was so happy when I moved back from Chicago to see that because... I kind of had this like, oh, I'm going to go back to my hometown and things are going to be kind of the same and and it's not. And it's great that there's like, we're really like winning all kinds of weird like polls and magazines and best ofs and whatnot. Like Lancaster's pretty happening, man. And people were buying homes in this area now because of all the cool things that are happening. Lidditz is like the big new let's go to Lidditz. It's the house of rock. It's the, ho- <laughs> it's the town that rock built, you know. Right. But no, and and that's great because it is. It's starting to get like uh, get like Chicago. I and it blows me away. Like I wonder what it would have been like if I would have stayed here and kind of. And and I I'm glad I'm where I'm at right now. But I I think what I'm trying to say is a um, bachelor me back then and now would be like. Wow, I mean, where isn't there to go downtown right now? Like, how many buildings haven't been refurbished and turned into big places? Maybe not your favorite, but there's a lot of options and a lot of nightlife, and there's just a lot going on. I love that there's more than, like, one restaurant that serves breakfast on a Sunday downtown now. But there's not enough, mind you, still. Exactly. They're all, like, packed. Did you notice that? If anyone wanted to open a a breakfast restaurant, Mm -hmm. that's the thing to do. Yeah, Like, if you're on the weekend, what, you have Rachel's, you have... uh, Especially with New York style bagels. It's like when there's like three places that serve breakfast. Well, I'm telling you one thing too. Like you said, Rachel's, what a great idea. Like, I've been friends with Rachel for a while, and she had talked to me, I think, right about the time I was getting ready to go to Chicago and had mentioned, I'm going to open a creperie. And I was like, what the hell's a (laughs) creperie? I thought maybe that that was something like a, a. trussel or a busset or some sort of a creperie is that things that you fit into to fit into like fancy dresses and formal wear what is a crepe and then i had a crepe one night and i was like yeah that's that's pretty cool and part of me was like i wonder if that's gonna work and then part of me was like that could probably work and it's those ideas that people are coming up with that you like you always have the the naysayer that's like yeah good luck selling a crepe in this town and then they realize that if you just take the chance and the opportunity and just go at it, man, head first, you know, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You could fail. But the best thing that's going to happen is you could sell a hell of a lot of crepes. And I'll tell you, Lancaster loves crepes, man. Like, I wish I had a crepe idea. Like, you know, something that was, you know, what, 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 what can we not live with, you know? Or what can't we live without, you know, that kind of. But, yeah, Lancaster and Chicago, there's a lot of cool things with the urban development that's going on around here and the revitalization of downtown and uh, restaurants and nightlife. And it's uh, it's cool. Like, I hope that it keeps going, and it'll be neat to see what happens down the road. Well, we have a crap load of local craft beer. I mean, uh, Lancaster County in Pennsylvania is specifically good for a region in the entire United States, let alone just within PA. I mean, we have a ton of breweries, and then of those breweries, we have a lot that are actually pretty darn tasty. So I, it's it's interesting when we travel, like Jesse was just up in uh, New England, and you go up there and there's world-class beer up there, but the area of Vermont that would have world-class beer might have two, three breweries, whereas that same area in Lancaster might have like eight because we're, we're doing really, really well. Yeah, it's it's something too to sit back and think about it. How um, if you go to like on your tours, I've been to Trogues a couple 
a couple times and whatnot, and how they, they mentioned that hops are getting hard to find. I'm like, that's because everybody's brewing with hops. Like, that's, you know, and I love that there there is variety, and I like that there's places like The Fridge and then, like, uh, Country Garden. I love, and, and the new Weiss Markets that has, like, you can now get beer in Lancaster. Like, yeah. that's something about Chicago that I thought was always pretty cool. Like, you could buy beer in a 7-Eleven. You could buy wine and beer in the grocery store. I was like, this is a fantastic idea. Why does this come to PA? Like, I, I feel like, like some legislate legislative I, that's not the word what's some sort of person that's in charge i'll say that was always like no in pa they can't handle that man do you, do you know what kind of riots would break out if you had like a beer in a grocery store come on man Amish <laughs> can't handle that How yeah dare they? they can't do that but i i love the fact that like that's coming around too like we're starting i think to see change and we're actually starting to be treated like adults and responsible adults at that i mean I mean, like, people that are, like, delivering beer. Like, one pizza place not too far from us, I forget where it, where it is, but he has a license now that if you call up and say, yeah, I'll take two Stromboli's, uh, an order of fries, three hoagies, and a six-pack of uh, your finest, uh, you know, malty beverage. Someone shows up with the finest six-pack of malty beverage with all that stuff. That's that's pretty cool. Like, that is pretty cool. I mean, there, we're definitely making uh, progress. When it, I it, have like five bars within a two block radius <laughs> and a distillery, but still, you know, <laughs> you know, you're always looking for always something better. a little bit. Yeah, you know, I, mean, <laughs> I have an IV at home that I like to hook up to right from the. There you go, the IV drip straight from the tap house. <laughs> you okay? Hey, okay, you're good. <laughs> oh no, my heart stopped. <laughs> There it goes. <laughs> oh, Barney. <laughs> hey, uh, keep an eye on Barney over there. <laughs> oh, stupid sexy Flanders. <laughs> That's right. You get two beers and Jason and out come the voices. That's always been good, too. That's a, that's no a, complaints. That's no, let's a, just start recording now. That's a, that's that's a thing at work too. Is I need to watch myself. I do impersonations of customers, and uh, yes, yes. And uh, there's a gentleman that is all about IPAs, and he is the nicest guy. And uh, his name's Pat. And uh, he, I, I said something, and I was like, Oh yeah, you know, it's uh, you know, it's 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 one of them. There, uh, I think the it's an IPA brewed out of like uh, I think it's like Michigan or something. Um, you know, I I think it's uh, the brewery is like uh, Winnebago handbags, <laughs> and uh, you know. Uh, Best thing about it is it's like uh, I want to say it's like forty-five percent alcohol, <laughs> but you know the, the cool thing about it is it, it only blinds you for like a small, you know, like a small portion of your life. You know, not like, you know, because like I mean it won't it'll blind you for like the next six months, but you can kind of pull out of it. So like if you're unemployed, it's a great beer to get. So you can sit there for like six months, like completely blind and hammered. But, uh, you know, if you get a job or someone calls, you can, like, go show up for the uh, interview because, uh, you know, it's only been, like, six months of you being blind and, and hungover, you know. But Pat is, God love him. I, and if he listens to this, holy shit. And you know what? I'm telling you right now. I'm sure he does because he is the aficionado of beers. And he is wonderful. And I learn about beers from him because he's so fantastic. And that's that's a great thing about being a bartender, too. You find out about people and gems of knowledge that they have like he spouts out things 
like Bobby Fischer, I think, like, with, <laughs> with chess and stuff. I, so it's not like a Cliff Clavin with it. No, no, he's not. Oh my goodness, he's like, yeah, you know, I would, uh, I drive to Seattle, and uh, you know, I went really out there to see a couple bands, but the breweries I stopped in were much better than the bands were, you know. <laughs> but he he does that kind of thing, and he tells you about beers and and such. But it's so great, and and I've told him about it. If you are listening, Pat. Um, I do it out of love and respect, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, there's a couple of customers that I do local legends as well. But you know, you're looking you're looking at me like Jesse's like, what are you gonna do next? <laughs> I know so many of you. <clears throat> oh my goodness! Do you do it, Jesse? Yeah, that's, that's that's the Bobby. Yeah, the Bobby High. Bobby High said that the other night. He's like, hey man, I gotta tell you, champ. You know, I gotta say, I told uh, I told this guy the other night. Said that uh, you know, Burlette does me better than I do myself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> get the Bobby High seal of approval. Hey, I love you, man. Love you. Good stuff, man. Good stuff, champ. That's good. So. Not sure what you do to have Bobby High not love you. Oh, my goodness. Is. What a fantastic man. I, I tell you, I joke about being the mayor of Lancaster at some point because I've been blessed to have so many friends and like people just like totally lifting me up when I need to be lifted up. But I'll tell you, if, if him and I were... Uh, running mates or something for presidency or something that'd be awesome because uh that would be quite the uh high burlette <laughs> you know <laughs> high burlette <laughs> you know he's got the chops for it man he may not remember your name but he will remember some small detail of how he knows you oh my from goodness. like 10 years past that is just incredible i mentioned something about tennis i think the first time i saw him so now that's what he comes he'll come up to me and talk about like the wimbledon or some sort of grand slam i have no idea what he's talking about but i just kind of go along with it because he's really into it oh he's and, awesome yeah, he, yeah. And he's, he is the he, yeah. he is he's is like the he is the most genuine like the gentlest giant i would not step foot in a ring with him for three seconds because I would not want my clock cleaned, my bell rang, my real estate devoured. I don't want any of that done. But the the best story, and this is this is beer and, and bar and whatnot related, is uh, him and I were up on the tiki deck and it was probably like I don't know, a year and a half ago and we were talking and as where we were a half ago, tiki deck? Well was it is it is that not right? Like my I told you earlier in the, the session that my time frame is off. Is a tiki the tiki bar? A oh, year is it, oh, are you talking about when you were bartending? No, 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 no. Okay. This is this is I was done. Okay, I was okay. done. Yeah. So maybe it was like a year ago. I went. Uh, I made a, a couple trips to see T minus right before oh, okay, he had okay. quit, mm. and uh, Bobby was there. And the, where we were standing, uh, we were both in eyesight of a trucker's hat, and it was sitting across the room. It was just it was just like a trucker's hat. I don't know what was on it. It was trucker's hat. And I was like, hey, Bob, how you doing? Hey, how you doing, man? Good to see you. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I was just wondering how, you know, how the kids and the family. What's that trucker's hat doing? That's what he said to me. And he just stopped right out of the conversation. <laughs> what the hell is that trucker's hat doing? I was like, I don't know, Bobby. It's just sitting there on the ground. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, your kids, but he just... Just he just like he he God love him. He scared me. I thought that there was like some sort of crazy wild animal under this trucker's hat that was gonna attack us. But he was like, "What's under that trucker's hat?" And nothing. And he just right went right back into like asking about how the family was and how I was doing. And but yeah, he's he's like another Lancaster. Like he's a he's a, a legend, of course. Yeah. But so so good. Oh, Bobby. <laughs> I hope he's listening. So how far are we in? Oh, we're an hour and a half. 
Hour and a half. All right, we should probably wrap up. All right. So that's it for today's show. Jason, we want to thank you very much for coming out and hanging out. We had I, a really, really good time. Oh, thank you. I am very, uh, I feel blessed and honored to be here. And uh, thank you, man. This has been good. It's been nice to get away from the diaper genie and uh, <laughs> have a beer or two and just kind of relax with friends. So thank you for having me. Well, one of the things that we really try to aim for as opposed to just craft beer <laughs> drinking and appreciating is that uh, there is a whole league of people who make it possible other than just us drinking it. And from the brewers to the distributors to the finally people who have the hard job of serving drunks, the, the uh, drug of their choice. And uh, we want to single you guys out as being uh, successfully being able to do that um, with patience and kindness and and love. And uh, we appreciate the hell out of what you guys do. So uh, thank you very much for for being on the show. And um, yeah, I'm gonna have to go back to a bag and uh, just envision the men's room covered in shit. (laughs) Oh god, yeah. (laughs) Or the uh, the one hand puppet show that goes on. You know, I was was doing a tour with. Megan of like the best wings in town. You guys do have some of the best, but now that I, I agree. Yeah. Well, you but know. Now the problem is thinking your bathroom. No. You know, and that that type of thing, as well as like the uh, the creepers, we have uh, abolished. There's okay, there's none of that good, anymore. All right. Well, then I'll try to. Yes, we try and keep it minty fresh. I'll think about the Ding. wings. Yes, please do. Yeah. Anybody who is thinking about finding a nice place in town to go for uh, a delicious meal, um, I used to work like in, uh, in the uh, the warehouse kind of building across. Like literally across a little alley there yep. um, years ago, and Fridays for lunch we'd go and have food there, and the food is actually really, really good. Thank you. So, um, yeah, anyone interested in going to the American Bar Grill, or A-Bag as we call it, you should yes. totally check that out. Please do. Come see us. Come see me. Yeah, and definitely uh, see Jason, tip him well, and uh, and pour out your heart and soul on the world's <laughs> problems on his shoulders, because yes. he's apparently willing to take it so <laughs> take advantage yes i i never reach for the uh taser or the bear mace or the baseball bat that we have i've always been able to uh, yes we sure do yeah. yes yes that is if if the uh improv and the comedy doesn't get you out the door without beating on me we do have other vices <laughs> but we never like to use those they're, they're like the last ditch effort like brass knuckles or a pocket knife you never want to pull those out if you don't have to so every douchebag asshole I've ever seen a bar, please head to the A-Bag. Yes. Get drunk. <laughs> Riot your gear is a, to is appropriate. So join us next week when, uh, weirdly, since we did a double episode tonight, you will hear all about Jesse and Meg's uh, interesting excursion into the uh, deep north of New England, <laughs> where we sample uh, far too many beers for one evening. So uh, thanks for listening, and of course, keep on drinking. That's today's show. For more information on today's podcast or to subscribe to the show, visit www.blindtigerpodcast.com or look for us on iTunes. Send comments or questions to show at blindtigerpodcast.com. To suggest or request a beer for beer versus beer or to ask a question for Homebrew 101, email show at blindtigerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening and keep drinking. Keep drinking.